Open the podcast bay door as hell. Episode 3 of Welcome to Geek Town. I'm your host, Kurt Onstead, and I've been a proud geek all my life. Being into role-playing games, board games, sci-fi, fantasy, and especially superheroes and comics. And I want to help others join me in those pursuits. But I've found that sometimes people can get overwhelmed or feel left out because they don't already have what some consider to be the requisite knowledge to be considered a fan. And that's where Welcome to Geek Town comes in. Here you can ask your questions in a safe space, where no one will mock you for not being an expert. Starting off this week, I'd like to introduce the charter member of the Geek Town City Council. How do you become a member? Simple. Just leave a five-star review on iTunes, and you're in. This time, we welcome Blinding Blunderbuss into the City Council. He says, quote, A fun, often humorous take on all things geek. From the very first episode, Kurt demonstrates a comprehensive understanding of his topics and provides listeners with an easy-to-follow podcast that may be what they're looking for. There's a lot out there, and he may just get you up to speed. Thanks, Blinding. Now let's get into this week's question. This podcast is being released the night before the official release of the latest Marvel movie, Avengers Infinity War. By the time you hear this, you may have already seen the movie, But if not, you may have the same question that Joel L. has. Who is Thanos? Why has he been hanging around all of the Marvel movies for the last decade? Why is he such a big, badass, evil character, and why should we care? Excellent question, Joel. Let's dive into the comic book history of the Mad Titan, Thanos' nickname, and see where it dovetails with what we know about the movie version of the character. As I mentioned, this is being recorded before Infinity War's release, and I don't have any special knowledge of the film outside of what has been seen in trailers and written about in the press. However, I'll be talking about some of the storylines that may have inspired the writers and directors, so be forewarned. Thanos was created by Jim Starlin, who has also written most of the major storylines that Thanos has been a part of. DC fans will be happy to know that Starlin readily admits that Thanos' appearance and character traits were influenced by Jack Kirby's new gods, especially Darkseid. Thanos and Darkseid are often compared to one another, filling similar roles in the Marvel and DC universe, respectively. Thanos' first published appearance is in Iron Man No. 55, published in 1973, which was scripted by Mike Frederick. So he gets a co-creation credit, but from everything I've read, Starlin came up with the character on his own originally. Iron Man 55 also has the first appearance of Drax, now one of the Guardians of the Galaxy in both the comics and movie Marvel universes. Although his first appearance took place on Earth, Thanos is known as being part of Marvel's cosmic universe. 
The stories written in this Marvel imprint are often grand space operas with nearly unimaginable stakes, rather than the more grounded, character-driven storylines that Marvel was originally known for. Characters like Silver Surfer, Adam Warlock, and Galactus are among those who make up this corner of Marvel's publishing line, and they tend to be the most powerful heroes and villains around. Thanos is no exception to that rule. Even without the Infinity Gauntlet, which we'll get to in a little bit, he is stronger than the Hulk, able to withstand blows that could destroy a planet, and can control all sorts of different energies in the form of beams, blasts, shields, and force fields. He also has mental powers, is one of the most intelligent beings in the universe, and with the assistance of his transport chair, can basically teleport anywhere he wants. But even with all of those powers, Thanos wanted more, in order to prove himself to the one he loves, death. In the Marvel Universe, death has a personification, who is usually presented as a woman in dark robes. Sometimes her face is that of a beautiful human woman, but most times her face is simply a skull. Thanos' obsession with death was referenced in the Avengers post credit scene, where he first appeared on screen, smiling when the leader of the Chitauri said, To challenge them is to court death. Proving himself to be a worthy suitor of death has been Thanos' prime motivation for most of his appearances, especially early on. And so, in order to amass enough power to achieve that goal, he sought the Infinity Gems. If you're only familiar with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I'll refer to as the MCU from now on, you probably know them better as the Infinity Stones, which is actually how they're referred to now in the comics. Originally, however, they were actually referred to as Soul Gems, albeit for only the one storyline. Thanos sought to combine them into one large gem and use their power to extinguish the stars one by one. He was defeated before that could happen, and was cursed to a sort of living death, trapped in stone but conscious enough to not completely die. Thanos was soon resurrected by Death herself, who has alternatively encouraged his obsession with her and spurned him, and so his quest began anew. This is when he learned the true nature of the Infinity Gems, and that each one had power over one aspect of the universe. Soul, mind, reality, time, space, and power. The story that Thanos is best known for still to this day is Infinity Gauntlet, released in 1991, in which, after fighting and conniving his way to retrieve all six gems, he attached them to his glove, giving him basically omnipotence. As a brief aside, I have to say that's one of the things I find funny about this. In the MCU, the Infinity Gauntlet is a special item in and of itself, even without the stones. We know this because the gauntlet, or a facsimile thereof, is in the Asgardian treasure room slash armory in the Thor movies. Whereas, 
in the comics, it's just the glove Thanos happened to be wearing, and he decided to put these gems on it. But I digress. One of his first acts Thanos performed after assembling the gems was to kill half the sentient population of the universe with the snap of his fingers. The second trailer for Infinity War alludes to this act with Gamora's line. The entire time I knew him, he only ever had one goal. To wipe out half the universe. If he gets all the Infinity Stones, he can do it with the snap of his fingers. Although we'll see if that moment actually gets to play out. This miniseries seems to be the largest inspiration for the upcoming movie, despite the movie sharing the title of a different series. Leading Earth's greatest heroes, and one villain, Doctor Doom, Adam Warlock is eventually able to take control of the Infinity Gauntlet, defeat the Mad Titan, and things, of course, return to normal, including the half of the universe that had been wiped out returning to life as they had been. It turns out that Thanos' greatest weakness was, well, Thanos himself. Subconsciously, Thanos did not believe himself worthy of the power he so desperately craved, and so even with omnipotence, he made mistakes that led to his undoing. He has since overcome that weakness, so if he's ever able to get the Infinity Gems slash Stones again in the comics, it may well spell the end. Thanos has been a large part of other stories, including direct sequels to Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War, where Marvel actually took the name for the upcoming movie, but apparently a little else, and Infinity Crusade, and non-Infinity-related crossovers as well, like Annihilation and the Thanos Imperative. But the next story that seems to have been a major source for the upcoming film was simply titled Infinity. Unlike the two sequels to Infinity Gauntlet mentioned earlier, this storyline was not helmed by Thanos creator Jim Starlin. The main issues of Infinity were written by Jonathan Hickman, who had been building up to this story throughout his runs on Fantastic Four and the Avengers titles. This is a hard book to sum up as it involves many interweaving plots and characters, but basically, while the Avengers are also dealing with incursions from alternate universes crashing together with the mainstream Marvel Earth, trying to guarantee that theirs is the one that survives, Thanos takes this opportunity to send his minions, known collectively as the Black Order, and search out for his long-lost inhuman son, although he hides what his quarry is for as long as he can. Thanos is able to succeed at taking over the planet for a while, but is eventually defeated by his son, Thane, whose powers were activated by the Terrigen Bomb, unleashed by Black Bolt, King of the Inhumans. Okay, there's a lot in there to unpack, and I want to go on this digression to make sure I don't lose anyone. If you're not a regular Marvel reader, but you've watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you may already be somewhat familiar with Terrigenesis and the Inhumans. You could also have learned about it from the Inhumans TV show, but judging from the ratings on that, you probably didn't. Basically, Inhumans are a somewhat separate race that have mostly hid themselves away, but occasionally interacted with humans over the years. They get their varying powers from Terrigen, a gas that they expose themselves to as a rite of passage they call Terrigenesis. 
The Terrigen bomb released the gas into the atmosphere of Earth, causing humans who were unaware that they had an inhuman ancestor somewhere in their past to unleash their own latent powers. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had a similar incident take place where Terrigen was released into the ocean and has entered the food chain through fish being exposed to the chemical, causing new inhumans, or new humans, as they're called in the comics, to be discovered. Back to the main topic. As I mentioned, Avengers Infinity War has taken some of the characters and moments from the Infinity miniseries and seems to have grafted them onto the plot of the movie, including some members of the Black Order, as well as the invasion of Wakanda. One particular moment in the trailer with a captured Doctor Strange seems to be lifted directly from the pages of the comic. In the movies, we have seen Thanos indirectly seeking out the Infinity Stones through intermediaries like Ronan, Gamora, Nebula, and Loki. However, from the end credit scene in Avengers Age of Ultron, and of course the trailers for Infinity War, it appears that Thanos is going to get more directly involved this time. I hope this look at the character has shown you exactly how much of a big badass evil character he is, Joel, and why you should care. Rumors are that not all of the heroes will come out of the next movie alive, and Thanos is definitely capable of killing any of the Avengers. But we'll see what happens tomorrow. Or whenever you get out to see Infinity War. Now while I always recommend going to your friendly local comic book store, if you can't find one close enough to you, you can pick up some of the books I've mentioned on Amazon. In the show notes at www.welcome to, remember that's the number two, geektown.com, I'll have links to a few of the stories I've mentioned. And if you purchase them through that link, you won't be charged any extra, but I'll get a small cut to help cover the costs of creating and distributing the podcast. Do you have other characters you'd like to learn more about, or more general questions about Marvel, DC, the comics industry in general, or other geeky topics like board games, role-playing, sci-fi, fantasy, and so on? Or would you like to, well, actually, me about anything I've said so far? If so, please send me an email at welcometogeektown, all spelled out, at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Facebook.com slash Welcome to Geektown or Twitter at Geektown Podcast. In the meantime, please subscribe and give me a review, preferably five stars, over on iTunes to help other people find the show so we can all tell them, Welcome to Geektown. Welcome to Geektown is written, narrated, edited, and produced by me, Kurt Onstead. Theme music by Aaron Lovitz, logo art by Archie Santana. 